Blog Talk Radio.
National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. When you don't go to geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like... Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to geico.com and you can save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike, you know. Dance with me, purple cow. I like your mood. When you don't go to geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like, early 90s heavy metal hard. I'm yelling and screaming and I'm loud. Roar. Geico makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on geico.com or the Geico mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm not even upset about anything. Morning face. You get is when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got mace. Ow, they're moving. It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA Sultan mattresses. IKEA, love your home. Oh, hi. Uh, hey. I've seen on the board, do you guys have Black Rifle coffee here? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. We only carry good small batch coffee here. Well, it is great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's fresh roasted, so, um, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is Masa Le Pique, which, of course, in the Indonesian language, oh, let me finish, in the Indonesian language, it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No, it's been passed through their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. Are they... Investor philanthropists, do they support good causes? Yeah, tons of causes. Veterans causes and first responder causes, but it doesn't matter because they make good coffee. So that's what I'm wondering. Do you have any? You know what? Actually, I'm, I'm just going to order it. They make it fresh and roasted. Okay. Right. Black Rifle Coffee. It's good. Hi, this is a good one, kind of groove. 
Boston Celtics early on. 
But I know everybody was talking about the Golden State Warriors. It's just like we could, they're unstoppable. Will, will they be able to be stopped, you know, on Monday? Uh, I believe they're at home. Or maybe they're still at Boston, but, you know, Clay Thompson and, and Stephen Curry are a match up, if you will, or a – I mean, but I tell you what, you, you look at the series, the Celtics have navigated the, the way through so many things in the NBA finals, but there was still one thing they, they, they haven't been able to do in the crunch time. More precisely, when a, a dynasty's in a crunch, they've been there, done that, they know how to make it work, and that's, what's, that's exactly what we're seeing unfold. Uh, the Celtics were rolling into Friday when Jalen Jalen I can't speak today, but that's, there's nothing new about that. Brown picked off a reckless Steph Curry pass with seven minutes and 39 seconds left in the game and hit a circus shot to regain a two-possession lead. But that didn't last long. It really does. Now, does it does it really ever last long with Steph and Curry? Steve, is it Stephen or Stephon? Let's get a poll up there. Is it Stephen? Or staff on. I hear it called both ways. And maybe we'll get some clarification here on that. Stephen or Stefan Curry? That's the what I want to know. Yeah, you see, I ask the hard questions. I ask the hard questions. That's why that's why that's why that's why I'm El Presidente. That's why you're the minions. Because I get the hard answers. My guess is Stefan. Get off in the weeds, don't I? <laughs> the bottom line, the Celtics are the real deal. And I, I like the Celtics. Maybe it goes back to the days with Larry Bird and the Celtics. And, you know, I've, I've always had kind of a, a, a fondness for the Celtics. Um, of course, uh, we're located here in Indianapolis, high atop the uh, Balance Studios uh, in the west suburbs of Indianapolis. Uh so we're we're big race car people here, but we're the Pacers. Uh, unfortunately, the Pacers haven't really been doing much to be to be talking about. Uh, during this now, though, pulling off the side of the road is uh, Tony Donahue at the Tony D Podcast, headed out to Road America. How are you, sir? Uh, we're in downtown Chicago, so uh, we're we're trying to trying to find a nice place to just pull over up here, but we're almost there, so. Things are going well. Okay. Uh, middle of nowhere, Wisconsin, home of the uh, beer, cheese, and cow farts is what I'm told. <laughs> I tell you what, you do got to get some cheese curds in Wisconsin. I, I've never been to Road America. I have been to the uh, Milwaukee track, and Wisconsin is a great place to, to go. Anyway, I need you to help s- settle a debate real quick. Is it Stephen Curry or Stephon Curry? Um, you make it easy on yourself and just call him Steph Curry. Or Steph, okay. We'll go with that, too. Okay. Well, he was a beast last night against the Celtics. I know we haven't had, had a chance to talk a lot about uh, the, the NBA Finals, but certainly uh, the Celtics and, and the Warriors are in the thick of it all. And, you know, here we go again. It's the Warriors. And right, right now you got to say that they're going to be the ones that win it. Even though going into the series, you would, you would have thought that the Celtics would have been the, the team to, to, to get the championship. You still think that, maybe? 
Yeah, the Celtics are a good defensive team, but, you know, you, it's nobody's been able to stop the high-power offense of the Warriors. Steph Curry's a guy that, you know, can get it done. you got Andrew Wiggins having 17 points and 15 rebounds last night. Uh, whatever you can get out of Draymond Green is always uh, special as long as he's not costing you or, or getting teased. So uh, the Warriors are going to be tough. You know, they're going to get two out of the last three games on their home court, and uh, that, that's going to be tough to beat if you're the Celtics. I know you've gone there once and won, but they stole home court right back. And um, just looking forward to seeing what the Warriors do here. They were my pick to win the championship a few weeks ago. Uh, but Boston is mm-hmm. a team I think we're going to hear about over the next couple of years. They're, not, they're a team that's not going to go away anytime soon. Oh, absolutely not. Well, certainly the main reason we got you on, Tony Donahue, the Tony D podcast and burnoutsports.com, uh, taking some time to call us on his way up to Road America. Let's talk about Road America. You mentioned uh, the course, and you know, that's kind of the theme that we have here with both NASCAR and, and IndyCar. Um, uh, NASCAR down in out of California, Sonoma, uh, and IndyCar in Road America. So it's kind of road trip uh, racing uh, today. Uh, but Road America, so that's a fun course to watch. And it's a fun course to to uh, for drivers to navigate through. Talk us through uh, Road America, how it's built, and how teams have to prepare for this uh, this track. Yeah, Road America has got a lot of elevation changes. It's the longest track on the circuit at 4.2 miles. There's a lot of different. Uh, <laughs> give him a do. We're giving a homeless guy a Mountain Dew. Hold on here. Hey man, I don't. You want a Mountain Dew? It's probably gonna be shook up. <laughs> So, no, Road America is great. It's, uh, it's, it's a fun track. Elevation changes, a lot of braking zones. The carousel is super quick. Um, it's like some of the coolest sight lines in all of the IndyCar schedule. So, looking forward to getting up there. And I think this is, outside of the 500, which is double points, this is the most pivotal race in the championship. Will Power's been really good here. Uh, he's, he's won at Road America. He was fast last year. Joseph Newgarden's going to need to pounce. He's fallen all the way back to fifth in points. They're winning two of the first three races of the season. Um, Marcus Erickson, he's been just okay at Road America. He hasn't been the best driver there. He's currently second in the points after his Indianapolis 500 win. Um, if he's going to be a guy that is going to seriously contend for the championship, he's going to have to have a great run this weekend at Road America. You know, a lot of eyes are on Sonoma. Uh, Sonoma Vester, and I know I just butchered that name. She starts her first road course race out at Road America since 2015. Uh, really been a good story for her this year. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on her returning uh, to the IndyCar uh, and it, returning to the road course uh, as well? Uh, and certainly she has a, a female owner. And uh, if I'm not, not, not wrong about this, she's the only female owner in IndyCar. So what are your thoughts? Beretta Autosport, um, super cool to see Simona Di Silvestro back. It's the first time in, I think, eight years we've seen two females in the field. Um, they have a little bit of a partnership with – keep going, keep going straight. They have a great partnership with Ed Carpenter Racing. Ed Carpenter will actually be on the pit box helping out Simona, uh, which is always good to have somebody who kind of understands – as a driver, um, what you're feeling and, and, and what you're seeing and what you're hearing. So that'll be cool for her. Uh, hopefully this results into maybe a full-time position next year in the series. Uh, but certainly uh, it's cool to see Simona back. She's got a lot of talent. She's fast. And hopefully she can get the results that we know that she's capable of. Not this flight. The next flight, go left. All right, go on. Sorry, sorry, stop. We're good. Who needs GPS when you got that Tony? You've got the the British gal, you got the dude, and then you got Tony's voice. You got you got a future man. <laughs> recording recording the uh, the uh, 
GPS. Let's talk a little bit about Alexander Rossi. Looks like he's going to have a good weekend. And certainly if we're to gauge him, how he's done in practice, uh, certainly leads Herda in the first practice. Colton Herda, uh, Colton Herda and Alexander Rossi are both drivers we want to keep our eyes on uh, this weekend out at Road America. Yeah, Rossi is the type of guy that is going to be hungry. We know he's signing with McLaren. He wants to finish off the season um, as good as possible for Andretti Autosport. He's fast. He's good at Road America. He's had some great runs here in the past. I uh, was on the charge. He's about one more lap last week to win at Detroit, but finished second. He's been on it lately. He was great at the 500. Rossi is certainly going to watch out for it. Anytime you go to a road or street course, you can't count out. You can't count out Colton Herta. He is super fast and one of the guys to always look out for when it comes to tracks like this. And and and, and they're the top two at Andretti Autosport right now. And you got to think that there's a chance that, you know, they want to finish out their last couple of races strong as teammates. Romain Roman Grosjean, what are your thoughts about him out? Uh, certainly he's also an Andretti uh, sport guy. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on R- Roman Grosjean? Yeah, he's a guy that, you know, is going to be fast in that car. And he was actually had a pretty good run here. He was running top five most of the race last year at Road America. He's coming back to a lot of these tracks for the second time, which will make him a little bit faster, a little bit more consistent. And just pull up right here, put your hazards on and run in and get it. Um, and he's just a guy that <laughs> I know that, uh, is going to be fast, is going to be right there. I think that Grosjean is always good on the road courses. Talking with Tony Donahue of the Tony D Podcast, making his way up to Road America, doing his part to help out the homeless. Thank you on that and giving the Mountain Dew uh, to the homeless and, you know, making it happen live on the balance. And, you know, we're going to we're gonna claim victory for, for that for you. Marcus Erickson, yeah. a lot of times we start looking at that uh, uh, Indy 500 hangover, if you will. Are we seeing that with Marcus Erickson? Or what did you see? What did you watch in Detroit last week? Why are we looking for him this week in Road America? Of course, Marcus Erickson is a very, very good road course racer, obviously being a, a former Formula One racer. Uh, but Marcus Erickson, you can never count him out. But do you think that maybe he might be – is he going to hit that proverbial uh, uh, 500 hangover wall? Well, I think there's a couple ways to look at this. Erickson is going to be good at places like Road America because it's a very European feel. It's, it's almost similar to the United States. Or speedway road course, except it has more elevation changes. It's got sweeping turns like you see in Europe. Uh, here's what I would say. I think Marcus Erickson was very thankful, unlike a lot of former Indianapolis 500 winners, that there's only one race in Belle Isle the following week. Um, you know, he finished seventh last week. The average finish for an Indianapolis 500 champion at Detroit for the following race uh, over the last 10 years, I think, was eighth. Uh, he's three points back of Will Power, who's been very consistent and finally got a victory last week at Detroit. Um, I think Erickson's going to be right there this weekend. He was fast in practice yesterday. You, you don't necessarily have to qualify up front at Road America. There's different there's different strategies. It's such a green track where usually we don't see a lot of yellow flags. Um, you know, where I worry about Marcus a little bit is, is going to a place like Iowa. Sure, he doesn't have a lot of experience on. You've got two races around the bull ring. That's where we're really going to know if, if, if Marcus Erickson is a championship front runner, a contender, or if he's just simply the Indianapolis 500 champion, which is not a bad title as we know to have. 
Yeah, you got to have a title. There you go. And it certainly proves your legitimacy in racing, that's for sure, once you get that, that 500 title. And like, like we talked about before, what an awesome, amazing win that was for him, and he'll carry that for the rest of his life. Now, you mentioned Will Power. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the, the Team Penske drivers. Will Power, and, you know, we were just talking about him. Joseph Newgarden, I've been on his, his fan bus all year long, and I actually picked him for the 500. It didn't work out. You were right. I was wrong. I should always listen to you, Tony. But uh, Scott, well, Scott McLaughlin and Alex Blow, obviously we both like him a lot well, uh, and as well. Um, just thoughts on those. I'm sorry. I had a thought, and he went away. <laughs> yeah, so it's been crazy with Team Penske, right? The most consistent driver all, all season was Will Power, and he hadn't gotten a win. He finally got that last week. Scott McLaughlin starts off the season with a win, almost wins at Texas, but finishes second. Joseph Newgarden takes that win. Um, you know, it, it's crazy that McLaughlin is down to 10th in points. Newgarden is fifth, and Power is leading the points. McLaughlin, second season, still learning a lot of these tracks. I understand. The cool thing about Newgarden this week is he's got a chance to win a million dollars, 500000 for him and 500000 for a fan with the people-ready bonus. He's already won on an oval. He's already won on the street course. only thing left to do is, is win at Road America, a race that he's won before, and a race last year that he dominated and was leading late but had a mechanical issue on the final restart, which saw Alex Pelot take the lead and the win. Uh, will Power will be consistent. He's super fast. He always starts up front at Road America. You know he's going to qualify up front. He's one of the – you know, he had a, he didn't have the best the month of May, uh, but a big win last week keeps him in the points. That he was so consistent those first four races of the year before they got to the speedway. That's why he's up there in points. Uh, but I think you'll see a lot of Joseph Newgarden up front this weekend. Well, we know Chip Canassi had a great May, month of May in Indianapolis. We thought it was going to be a different – Chip Canassi driver be the winner, but nonetheless, Chip Canassi did get an Indianapolis 500. Let's talk about the almost of Scott Dixon. He's got, he needs to kind of get his mojo back. Uh, I didn't see a lot of excitement from him last week, but I have to admit I had other things going on, so I wasn't paying as much attention to uh, the Detroit race as I typically do. But Scott Dixon, I feel like, uh, you know, he's just kind of out there in the middle of the pack, what can he do this weekend at Road America to kind of just give himself a shot in the arm? You know, it's crazy as we talk about Alex Pillow having a win, talk about Marcus Erickson winning the Apple 500, and then you think, oh, man, well, Dixon, he's having a down year, and he's still sixth in points. Like, he's still – he's not out of the championship mm-hmm. race. It's very good at tracks where it stays green, and you might have to stretch that field mileage. He's the best. When it comes to getting fuel mileage, he's the best at saving when need to. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if we see Dixon land on the podium. He had a podium finish last week. He finished third at Detroit. Don't be surprised if he's right there challenging for another podium tomorrow uh, at Elkhart Lake, maybe even for a win. You can never count out one of the greatest drivers we've ever seen. Let's talk a little bit about Jack Harvey. Uh, Jack Harvey certainly was a, a, a fun driver to watch at Mountain May in Indianapolis, but Jack Harvey is also a good road, road course driver. Uh, what are your thoughts about him? In fact, a lot of people even thought that sometimes he was, he was one of those ringer guys. Yeah, Harvey's kind of had a bad year, and I think that he would admit it himself. This is not what he expected when he came over for the first year at Ray Hall, Letterman, Lanigan Racing. Uh, Ray Hall, Letterman, Lanigan as a whole needs a big weekend. They have not had a good showing 
uh, throughout the year. Graham Rahal started off the season with a seventh-place finish at St. Pete. That's been his best result. Christian Lungard has been kind of sneaky consistent. I think he had a 10th place to start to finish to start the season. Uh, he ran all 500 laps at the 500. He's actually leading the rookie points right now is Christian Lungard. But Jack Harvey, uh, you know, he had the crash at Texas where he had a concussion, had to sit out. He hasn't really even sniffed the top 10. Uh, those guys need some good runs here over the next couple of weeks um, to kind of look ahead to 2023 and have some momentum because it's been a very, very bad luck year so far for Ray Hall. Yeah, it, it definitely has been. And, and what do you think about um, uh, Graham Ray Hall himself? I mean, it, 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 it's been a bad year for him in, in general. What are your thoughts? What, what's going on there? You made a very good point. It's been a bad year for them. Yeah, Graham is the type of guy that, you know, he said it last week, you know, with the mechanical issue and the contact with the wall knocked him out early. This is the worst luck that he's he's ever had. You know, he, he doesn't remember having this kind of luck uh, when it comes to uh, anything in his IndyCar career. So uh, he's been quick at he's – been, he's been pretty quick. At Road America, I don't think he's going to win this weekend, but I think a top five finish would feel like a win for him. Well, certainly uh, we've got uh, uh, Jimmy Johnson. I, I wanted to get your thoughts on him because I know you got to get on down the road. But Jimmy Johnson, man, he had the, the – I, I was actually thinking to myself, man, if he wins this, he has got to be one of the most accomplished drivers ever in the world at, do, at any type of racing. Jimmy Johnson almost had the Indy 500, but what do we think about him? And he is also another good road course driver. Jimmy Johnson, and we'll get final thoughts and let you get on down the road, sir. I, I think Jimmy needs to just kind of take a step back and say it's not going to happen on the road course. It's not going to happen on the street courses. He's, he's not even sniffing a top 10. He's not even close to a top 15. He usually finds himself in the tire barrier. He's a great talent. I love Jimmy and what he's brought to the sport. But if I'm Jimmy Johnson and the decision that I need to make is I need to be so focused on winning the Indianapolis 500 and running that race for another two to three more years. With that being said, that I, I could see him scaling back to just almost why risk getting injured in an accident on a road course or a street course that might knock you out of running the Indianapolis 500 or other ovals. So that would be my suggestion, but um, – you know, Jimmy's going to do what Jimmy wants, and Jimmy's going to do what the sponsors want. So we'll see. Absolutely. Well, we appreciate you pulling off the side of the road there, and and uh, I know you're on your, your way up to, to Road America. Again, make sure when you get into Wisconsin, you get you some beer and cheese curds, sir. Uh, and you guys be safe out there and, and look out for the blue lights. Sounds good. You guys take care. Have a great weekend. And uh, I'll go with Rossi to win tomorrow. And Sonoma, give me Martin Shrek Jr. You got it. Thank you. We got you down here. All right, Tony, we appreciate you. Have a good weekend. So, uh, Tony Donahue, the Tony D podcast, on his way up to Road America uh, for to cover the IndyCar and join us to, to, to talk about what's going on with that track. Right around the corner, Steve Wilson, editor-in-chief of Speedway Digest, breaks down what's going on in Sonoma. And uh, I have a lot to talk about that track, and that's a fun track. Exciting to get into that. I'll be right back right here on the Balance Radio Network.
The Air National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. Morning face. You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got it's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA Sultan mattresses. IKEA. Love your home. Oh, hi. Uh, hey. Seen on the board, do you guys have Black Rifle coffee here? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. We only carry good small batch coffee here. Well, it is great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's fresh roasted, so I don't, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is Masa Lekwa Pique, which of course in the Indonesian language, oh, let me finish, in the Indonesian language, it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No, it's been passed through their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. Are they investor philanthropists? Do they support good causes? Yeah, tons of causes. Veterans causes and first responder causes, but it doesn't matter because they make good coffee. So that's what I'm wondering. Do you have any? You know what, actually, I'm, I'm just gonna order it. They make it fresh and okay. roasted. Right. Black Rifle Coffee. It's good. Yeah, I love them. 
don't know what they are. That's I the only place you can them. really get them. That's all. Yeah, that's the only place you can really get them. You know, I know I, I made the joke about Culver's, but hey, Culver's does have pretty good uh, cheese curds. You got Culver's down there in Virginia? <laughs> no, we don't. We don't have them here. Um, no, but oh, we, okay. we, you know, there's a couple of places. There's a couple of places you can get cheese curds and make them homemade a couple of times, deep fat, uh, deep oh, fried yeah. ones, and you know, yeah. So. Oh, any, any, anything deep fried you can't go wrong. Can't go wrong with. Now, my doctor would disagree with you. I'm getting at that age where my doctor's telling me to stop eating everything that's good for me. By good for me, I mean what I think is good for me, not what he thinks is good for me. <laughs> I I digress though. I digress. We kind of talk, we, we we called this uh, show Road Trip America. One because Tony was he's on his way up there and he pulled over in downtown Chicago and while he was on the air with us, he gave a homeless man a Mountain Dew. So we're going to take his heaven points for that because he did it on our show. It's pretty cool. Uh, so he's up there in downtown Chicago, and he's like, hey, man, I got to pull over so we can get this done. So uh, he he did that, but he's on his way up there. But uh, Sonoma, I mean, uh, Sonoma and Road America are road courses. Talk with me about Sonoma. We'll get into the, the all the in peculiars of the race, but there's some changes with the track. That's true. But just overall, you know, NASCAR returns to Sonoma, which is a huge Jump for them. I mean, I know IndyCar's been out there, and you know Northern Cal, this Northern California series, but you know there's there's a lot that goes on with this race track in this race. Where and I I, I, won't, I won't steal the thunder here, but would you say that Sonoma is one of the best tracks in the United States as far as its uniqueness and the challenges that it presents to both teams and drivers and the and the fun environment that it provides to fans, it, it has all three of those qualities. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think uh, Sonoma is uh, it's a very challenging track overall just because of the, the layouts, the changes in elevation, and, and some of the other um, points on the track where, you know, drivers are, you know, have to kind of tend with, and, you know, they've made a couple changes, like you said, um, they were running the full road course um, for for a short period short period of time, and they've decided to cut that um, portion of the track off and uh, you know go back to a the, to the layout the modified layout that they had prior to that. So you know it, it, it still is going to present challenges and you know all the way around the track and you know for for people that like wine country it's uh, you know it's uh, that's you know, right where this is based at. So, you know, I'm not a wine person. I don't like wine. And, uh, you know, for people that do, more power to them. <laughs> I like wine, I have to admit. I, mean, I like to cook with it. But I, I'm a big Cabernet, dry Cabernet Sauvignon wine. And, and you know, to get wine from wine country, it's 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 good stuff. I mean, you can get wine from anywhere. But to buy it there at one of the wineries would be great. You know, you mentioned about the, the elevation changes. And, and, you know, its highest point, turn three, 174 feet. Its lowest point, get this, lowest point, turn 10, 14 feet. You're going from 174 feet at one part of the, of the track. Then you get to turn 10, 10, you're actually at 14 feet. And if I'm not mistaken, and I'm not the scientist here, but I think somebody told me that there was actually changes in sea level elevations because they're so close to the coast, and, and that is, what kind of chat? I think that's just 
actually, I think it's pretty cool. But uh, what are your thoughts on the, on those kind of elevations uh, and the challenges that pro- provides? I mean, to the drivers, because you got to think there's a lot of brake riding in this in this race. Yeah, I mean, and then you talk about not just that, but the the suspension, uh, these these new suspension packages that they're running on these cars with independent suspensions and things like that that they've moved over to with the next gen car. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be a test of that to to see whether you know they hold up and. You know, we've seen suspension parts on both the front and rear of cars over, you know, the last 15 or so races, uh, you know, where they're easily damaged, you know, over sometimes very innocuous uh, type accidents that, you know, just rubbing into one another, some tooling in the rear of the cars and, you know, even suspension parts in the front are, are, are broken and things like that, just, uh, so, you know, this is going to be a test of those uh, new components on this car to see how they handle it. And I, I know you've seen, you know, over years some of the famous pictures of these cars uh, catching air and slamming back down to the pavement as they uh, run this course and, and change in elevation. So, you know, these will be things that they have to, you know, we'll, we'll have to watch out for. And this is one thing that I'm kind of watching out for because I just want to see how the suspension kind of really does uh, take, take uh, you know, take, you know, between that elevation change and some of the, the other turns that they're, they're going to be out there. But as far as the brake pad, the broadening the brakes, the good thing is that since they've gone to this 18-inch tire, the braking packages on the cars at all of their tracks are much, much bigger. I think there's about a something about a 30% increase in just the size of the brake pads that they're now using. So that's, that's you know, for them, that's uh, giving them a lot more braking power where they can uh, sustain some of this longer riding the brakes around the track and getting on the brakes a little bit harder than they may have in the past. Let's, uh, let's just talk about a couple teams, and we'll get into to the drivers uh, for uh, the race. Uh, to be clear, there's no uh, Xfinity race. There's just the, the NASCAR Cup race and the truck race tonight. Is that correct? This weekend? Yeah, uh, NASCAR truck. Yes, NASCAR trucks and uh, X, um, sorry, Cup. No, indeed, this weekend they will return next week in Nashville. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, uh, they deserve a break off every now and then. I think this is cool kind of the way they, they, they've been doing things. Hendricks Motorsports, obviously uh, the, the best team out there right now. What, what are we thoughts on Hendricks? And how are they preparing for today? Well, I mean, you just take a look at Chase Elbert and then Kyle Larson, the two of those. They combined for almost 10 uh, road course wins over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Kyle Larson Absolutely. has been on the pole three years in a row, uh, 2017, 2018, 2019. Um, and then, you know, uh, Chase Elliott, he, he's won at other road courses, Road America, the Roval, the, the Daytona course, et cetera, but he's not one out in Sonoma, but he's still combined and has seven seven wins all to himself. So, you know, for, for the two of those between Kyle Larson and uh, Chase Elliott, the two of them are going to be a, a, a force to recommend with. And I know Chase has had a couple of uh, bad weeks where it's allowed some of the other drivers to kind of <clears> close <throat> in on him a little bit in the point series. But, you know, hopefully he can get back in it 
and uh, get some points because, I mean, right now he's uh, kind of lacking a little bit on those stage points uh, where others have uh, surpassed, uh, you know, the points that, that he's been able to put up on the stages and uh, playoff wins, you know, for later on. That will carry on later on this season. So he, he needs to get uh, some stage point wins. He needs to get some uh, – he needs to be able to – you know, do some of the things to, to try and make sure that, you know, while he is leading the points, he's only just a couple of points uh, away from, uh, you know, others, you know, uh, excuse me, uh, Ross Chastain is nipping at the buds uh, mm-hmm. for him. Kyle, Kyle Bush is right there. So, you know, for him, I think he needs to uh, step it up a little bit because, you know, it's, it'll be very easy for them to take over if he, if he doesn't. And, you know, especially those all important points that will carry on over in the uh, latter part of the year in the playoffs. And right now, he, uh, you know, he would be out of the first place standings um, just based on you know those two factors. You mentioned Daniel Suarez. I tell you what, if I if I was to say, hey, I pick my favorite team, it would be Trackhouse because they're exciting to watch, and I guess maybe. You're so used to seeing Joe Gibbs or Hendrix or what have you, but are we really used to talking about uh, tra- uh, 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 track house? Their second season, Ross Chastain, Dar- Daniel Suarez, as a team, I think they're like third in points. And, and, and we, we could say they came out of nowhere. They didn't really come out of nowhere. There's a whole backstory behind where they came from and where they're at now. But would you say track house uh, – is probably the most exciting team on the track right now. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people, you know, I've seen the improvements of Daniel Suarez this year uh, over their first year as just track house racing. And then you've got Ross Chastain, who's gone to, to victory lane several times, you know, for them picking up, uh, you know, and, and being in the position that he is right now, third in points for track house racing. I mean, this is kind of, you know, I know, I know we can say this is kind of unheard of, and really, uh, you know, their backstory is more or less a rebranding of Chip Ganassi Racing, and a lot of those people that had been part of Chip Ganassi Racing have come over. But I think all of that has really combined in the fact of, you know, we're seeing, uh, you know, we're seeing Daniel Suarez be able to get out there and compete for wins. We're seeing uh, Ross Chastain, you know, I know last week he had <laughs> – uh, a little bit of trouble for, you know, getting into everybody out there, uh, making Denny Hamlin mad, making Chase Elliott mad, making everybody in the field mad. And he, he kind of, you know, lived up to that at the end of the race. But, you know, nonetheless, you know, he, uh, you know, he's, he's been somebody that they have all had to contend with all year long. And, and especially he, he did win out uh, at Coda. So, I mean, he, he's, uh, you know, already a, uh, a road course winner this year, so you know for for track house racing, Ross Chastain, yeah, just uh, you'll have to watch out for them because they're really putting up points and they're really putting up performance numbers that are helping everybody out, especially uh, you know as a second year team or quote unquote a second year team. Well, let's talk a little bit about some of the drivers. And, and, you know, I want to I want to talk about Zane Smith. He's getting a lot of attention now, especially when we're you know, we're talking about him and Martin Truex and, you know, he's getting some, some talk in the, in the silly season and, and that sort of stuff. But I, you told me last week to go with Zane Smith. I did. It wasn't the only guy that, that I put money on. He did not 
He did not pay out. That said, but had he paid out, you, I would have bought you a whole box of Omaha steaks or something. That the payout would have been well over. Uh, I think I sent you like two thousand dollars or something, a thousand dollars or something, on a five dollar bet. So I'm keeping my eyes on Zane Smith, but really, in all seriousness, uh, Zane Smith in, in uh, Sonoma this weekend. What are your thoughts? Um, well, you know, Zane, you know, just talking about Ross just Zane, but, you know, Zane Smith won at Coda also. So he's uh, he's been able to, uh, you know, be able to just pack up three wins so far this season for uh, Front Row Motorsports. And, you know, with their, you know, help that they've, uh, you know, I got, it's been kind of impressive to watch them, uh, you know, as a team. And we don't really necessarily talk about Front Row Motorsports a whole lot in the Cup Series. You know, we know that uh, they've won a couple of races here and there. They won the Daytona 500 with uh, um, Michael McDowell. But, you know, typically they're not, you know, usually a team we talk about. They're they're solidly a mid-pack team, 15th, 20th, uh, week in and week out. Uh, but for them to have a truck team that they are uh, fielding all to their own and seeing Smith made the commitment to come over there, and run the full season with them uh, to put up, you know, the wins that they had. I mean, he he started he started the year off, and you know they've been strong all year long. They and you know and it, it's just it's been incredible to watch. And uh, he with his, I mean, he did come from GMF. They're typically, you know, we we've seen them as a team that have very a lot of support from the manufacturers and engineering and things like that and you know go over to a smaller team uh, that has less resources and being able to put up better numbers than that that bigger team of gms racing has been kind of like incredible to watch him and i he got that chance last week uh with chris busher unfortunately being out of the car at, at uh gateway because of covid concerns and um, you know, he, he learned a lot, and it's the first time he had turned uh, any kind of uh, laps whatsoever in these next-gen cars. But, I mean, he, he uh, came out with a solid finish at the end of the day and voided a bunch of accidents and still got a decent finish out of all of it. So, you know, he, he is definitely somebody you want to continue watching, and I don't know, uh, you know, if, if he's interested right now in uh, trying to make that leap up to a cup car or something like that because right now he's in that – championship contention picture that, you know, we're, we're looking at between him and uh, uh, Corey Heim and some of the others over at KBM at this moment. So, you know, I think his, the focus is there. And, I mean, he really did get a good shot last weekend with, uh, uh, you know, Ralph, Ralph Kozlowski racing. And, you know, for him, it, it's, it's incredible to kind of watch that progression of him and just really just seeing him being able to get back in the victory lane and, and once again, just for that small team that he really is running for. But, yeah, I think he's somebody that we're going to have to watch in the future. Talking with Steve Wilson, editor-in-chief of Speedway Digest, our official NASCAR uh, contributor. You know, we usually talk about uh, uh, funny season in the off-season, if you want, the short off-season that NASCAR has. I, the trailers are out, put it that way, for this year's funny season. And, you know, we, we, we think a little bit just things have just been happening and being talked about. You know, just a little over a month ago when Kyle Busch stirred, stirred the pot saying he don't know anything about what's going on, you know, talk to, to Joe Gibbs. Uh, now we hear, uh, you know, where well, we also know that Eric Armoella is uh, stepping away uh, from Stuart Haas from full-time competition. That might be one of the first dominoes to fall. Who goes where, who knows what. 
but the other one that we're watching, all eyes on Martin Truex Jr. Is this the last year we'll see Martin Truex Jr.? Don't think he's going to end it with a a uh, a championship. But usually, when these drivers say they're going to retire, they you know give a year to let everybody know, hey, this is going to happen next year. He's not made that kind of announcement. So true, Truex. But Truex says he still doesn't know if if he wants to race next year or not. And and I and I key on that word wants to. He can, but if he doesn't want to, that means he's thinking maybe it's not as fun anymore. And if it's not fun, don't do it. He certainly made a name. He certainly made a brand. He certainly made money. So he doesn't know if he's gonna if if he's gonna race next year. And you wonder if that domino falls. Where who fills that shoe? I guess the question is: Does Martin Truex come back next year or not? If we are to actually forecast it here on June 11, 2022. <laughs> Um, well, I mean, you look at right now, he is fifth in points, and, you know, he's, you know, not somebody, once again, you go to places like Kansas and, you know, uh, Charlotte, things like that, uh, he's been somebody that we've traditionally talked about over and over, and competing for stage points, competing for wins, he doesn't have a win this year yet, but, you know, once again, he's been fairly consistent week in and week out, even though that we may not be talking about him and he may not be up there um, competing for wins week in and week out like we would at, like I said, places like Kansas or Charlotte, things like that. Las Vegas, you know, know, we've got some other tracks coming up, Um, you know, even at Texas and things like that during the All-Star Race, et cetera. So, you know, we've – you know, I, I I know he's made those comments, and I know, you know, he's, you know, he's him and his uh, his girlfriend have had some challenges over the years, and um, I know that's weighed a lot in on him on him some of his decisions, and I know she's kind of um, wanted him to continue doing what he he loves to do, but you know, at the same time, it's kind of weighed in on him too. So you know, I think there's a combination of things that are going on at this moment. And, you know, whether he decides to call this his last year or not, or even next year, um, you know, I, I think we, we kind of hear what he's saying. But at the same time, you know, Martin Church Jr. has been a driver that um, he's very anticlimactic many times in his in his interviews. And sometimes, you know, when he's feeling or when it sounds like he's feeling down, he's really not. He's just kind of very anticlimactic a lot of times in his interviews and sometimes there mm-hmm. you know it comes through a little bit raw uh, and it comes through a little bit uh as you're you know as i just said you know some of those weighted decisions that you know have kind of kept him in the series uh you know when his girlfriend has had some challenges and you know uh you know i know that you know the two of them you know you, you start getting to a point where the grind really starts pressuring you and you know you're starting to get older and you know, you don't know whether, you know, your challenges and your health challenges are going to be the last time. And, you know, there's so many things that are going on that, you know, you have to make these decisions at some point. But I don't, I just don't know if this will be the last year or not. I think it really depends on how he finishes this year out and, you know, how things go. Um, I don't think that, you know, necessarily that even if he does step away, I don't think that uh, Ty Gibbs is ready to move up. 
Um, you know, I know he's won a lot in the last two years in the Xfinity Series for his granddad, but um, <clears throat> I don't think that, you know, they're going to move uh, him or, or anybody else over at Joe Gibbs who are racing out of the way just to move Ty up into a car um, because I think that they feel like he needs uh, some more time to, to develop as a driver. Here's the thing. I'm glad you brought that up about Ty Gibbs because that was kind of a, a great segue. Did, did I email you my notes or something? This is great. But No, I'm just kidding. Sammy Smith, kid from Iowa, 18 years old, set to drive the number 18 car for Toyota for Joe Gibbs. That was announced this year. I mean, this, this week, I believe. Uh, certainly alongside Brandon Jones in the number 19 and, 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 and again, Ty Gibbs in the number 54 Toyota. That gives them four cars, if, if my math is right, uh, in, in, the, in that series. Uh, I don't know about Ty not going up. And maybe you, you might be right. Maybe they're not in no big hurry. But uh, this kid from Iowa, 18 years old, coming up from the ARCA series, uh, certainly, uh, I think he was the ARCA East champion, has a lot of acclimates, gets the break of his life to race with Joe Gibbs Racing. Uh, does, he, does he run with one? The remaining 19 uh, races, I'll put it that way. He's going to race the remaining 19 races this year, and we'll see what happens. But do they keep time? I mean, do they move him up? Or, or You kind of answered it. You kind of think they're not, they are going to keep him. So are, are they going to go into a full season next year with four cars in that series? But Sammy Smith is great, by the way. Congratulations to him. Um, well, I, yeah, I mean, he he's uh, he won the Arca Series championships, and um, he's leading again once again this year. So, I mean, he he is a Toyota development driver uh, with that affiliation um, to move up the chain within, um, you know, Toyota. And the next natural step is what he's doing in the Xfinity Series uh, with uh, with uh, Jiggins Racing. Um, I I I don't know whether this is a is a is a um, tester just to see, you know, what his abilities are at this moment and whether they make the step um, to full time Xfinity, or maybe they put him in a KBM truck for a year and then move him into Xfinity. So, you know, there's a little bit of there's a lot going on at the same time. You know, with uh, Sammy Smith, I know he's still trying to compete for the 2020. 2022 championship uh try and back that up from 21 um yeah i'm just you know i'm just uh, you know i just i just don't feel like you know joe gibbs you know with you know even though that is his grandson um i don't think that he's in any rush to um push anybody out of the way you know whether it be kyle bush or uh denny ham on martin church jr etc mm-hmm. um Gotcha. You know, now, now I can see a situation where, you know, Kyle Bush is unable to come to an agreement or maybe Denny Hamlin says, okay, I'm going to go and run with my own team with help from JGR or Martin Truex Jr. does really just decide to hang his helmet up. And they say, well, you know, we've got somebody here that is already in the pipeline, entire Gibbs, he's proven winner in Xfinity, et cetera. Um, we'll, we'll, uh, it's time we'll move him up into a seat, but I just don't think that, you know, Joe Gibbs racing as a whole is just going to say, okay, one of you four in the cup seat, we're just going to have to move you out of the way for him. Uh, I think they want to see him develop at the same time so that he is successful when he makes it to the cup series. But at the same time, if a seat does come available for, you know, whatever scenario it is, uh, with one of their four cup series, 
cup teams, I can see them also moving him up at the same time. Um, but, you know, he, he's still got a long way to go in the Xfinity series, and, you know, he is battling for championship there for himself. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll it'll be good to uh, kind of, you know, and, and Ty Gibbs isn't too far removed from the ARCA series' his own self. But, I mean, he, he raced against Sammy Smith on, on many different occasions, and Sammy has also been mm-hmm. in um, late models for KBM, uh, you know, in places like Snowball and et cetera. And, you know, he's he's been progressing up, you know, you know, with his drive talent so you know those you know you got two young kids that are in the pipeline that you know Dan Hamlet's getting older Martin Truex is getting older Kyle Busch you know I mean I know he's got a long way to go himself but you know before he uh, gets out of a car but you know there are two drivers right there that they are um, bringing up so that you know when those cup seats do come available they've got people in the pipeline and that's something that Toyota and TRD have seemed to do very successfully in their pipelines of drivers to to move them throughout the series. Well, uh, housekeeping note here, we're all going into overtime. It won't be long, but I just wanted to get a couple other things done, so we're going to go into balance overtime. So you can cuss now if you want, Steve, but that's okay. Uh, But we're going to keep our eye on Sammy. If you're going to follow him, we're following him uh, on Twitter at SammySmithFS. Uh, and, uh, you know, follow him on Twitter, follow, follow what's going on. Again, this whole Ty Gibbs, Ty Gibbs, sorry. Uh, this whole Joe Gibbs is going to be our, what we're talking about in the off season. It's going to be our, our silly season for the most part, tying all that together. But Sammy Scott's always going to be at Road America, which is where IndyCar is at this weekend, uh, Pocono, Michigan, Watkins Glen, Kansas, Bristol, Martinsville, and Phoenix. Those are going to be his, um, uh, schedule for the number 18 Toyota GR Supra in 2022. We'll see what happens with him in 2023. But I think the dominoes are beginning to line up uh, in, in before they topple. You know, I know this has nothing to do with racing, but have you ever seen the TV show called Dominator? Dominator? Well, these teams, they build these massive yeah, they build these massive, massive builds. I mean, buildings and all kinds. It tells a story. And when the, it's always cool to watch the dominoes just tell that whole story when one starts falling. See, I'm, I'm good at connecting everything on the show. You just, you just got to stay with me, Steve. You just got to stay with me. The dominoes are, are lining up. They're not toppled yet, but they're but they're lining up for the 2023 uh, series. Let's get you to. Uh, tomorrow's, I mean, well, let's real quickly, let me, I didn't, I meant to get this earlier. I apologize. I got off in the weeds. Uh, talk about tonight's race. What, what can we expect with the truck race? And if I'm not mistaken, this is the first time the trucks have ever ran at Sonoma. If I'm wrong on that, please correct me. But what can we expect from a very, we, we can expect a very exciting race from the trucks tonight. Yeah, I mean, it's a later race because they're out on the West Coast. So, I mean, they, you well, know, you got a couple later. more yeah, hours. You're right. Before. You're right. I get caught up in the East Coast, West thing, Coast thing. That's fine. Okay. It's a later race for us. Go ahead, <laughs> sir. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, it's a later race for us, so, you know, people have to remember to kind of tune in a little bit later tonight. Um, but, you know, I think it'll be exciting. I think you've got a lot of drivers out there that are um, you're gonna going to take this going to take this challenge on. And, you know, we talked about, once again, Zane Smith and, his win at Coda a couple of uh, weeks ago, um, just for them. And, you know, I just, I think, you know, it'll be very challenging for them. And, uh, you know, I can't remember the last time that, you know, they raced at Sonoma. Um, Man, I think 
I mean, before when it was called Sears Point, I think the, the Crafts and Truck Series before it was the Camper World uh, precursor, and I think they raced there once or twice. But yeah, I mean, it's been quite a while. I can't remember, you know, you know when that last was. But uh, yeah, I, I I think it'll be a good race, and I I think it'll be a competitive race. You you've got Kyle Busch Motorsports that once again you've got that uh, Corey Heim, you've got Chandler Smith, the two of them that are competing and and trying to to bring home um, the championship this year. And um, you got John Hunter Nemechek, which definitely needs uh, some help. I mean, we we saw that John Hunter came over to the truck series last year, won something like. Uh, what was it, nine times or something like that throughout the year, and so far this year he's just not had the break, had the success like he did in the breakthrough uh, season last year for the for the truck series. So um, I know he needs some help. He, uh, you know, he's once again last week at uh, Gateway ran into trouble very early on, uh, kind of ended his day out there. So you know, I know for him he's trying to turn some of the season back around and get back in the victory lane because I know he really needs it if he wants to stay in the championship hunt for later on this year. Uh, Grant Anford for GMS, uh, you know, he, he's uh, he seemed to be in the spot a couple of different times, gotten tied up a couple of different races uh, through no fault of his own. Once again, I think he needs to kind of turn this thing around and hopefully he'll get be able to get to the, a chance to do. So these trucks really aren't going to be running too close together, so hopefully he doesn't have to worry about somebody else's uh, incident that he gets tied up in or even John Hunter Nemechek. Uh, they just have to worry about getting tied up in their own incidents, getting off the course, getting into some of those gravel pins or gravel pits or tire barriers and any kind of ending their day. So, you know, it'll be about managing this race from, from start to finish for all of those guys. And, you know, I, I, I do think it'll be competitive. Um, I, I, I'm just not sure who to pick right now. You know, I know we've got qualifying coming up in a little bit, so, you know, we'll have to mm-hmm. kind of see where we are after that. Right. Which brings us to a very good uh, point in our show where we have our draft Kings, uh, Contender lineup odds, if you will. Uh, Vegas right now likes Chase Elliott, Kyle Larson, Mark Truex, Kyle Busch, Ross Chastain, AJ Allmendinger, and Ryan Blaney in the in the top there. Chase Elliott, 92 odds. Kyle Larson, five to one uh, odds. Martin Truex, 17 to two. Kyle Busch, 10 to one. Ross Chastain, uh, 10 to one. AJ Allmendinger, 14 to one, and Ryan Blaney, 14 to one. There's your DraftKings odd maker. Uh, Anybody from that list that you would say, hey, let's uh, throw $5 on today? Or it could be anybody. It could be if you want to do Alex Bowman, it's 25 to 1. So we usually do a long shot too anyway. Well, I, <laughs> I, I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of surprised. I'm kind of surprised that AJ Allmendinger is so far down at 14 to 1. I mean, he won at Portland last week on a road course. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, he, he won at Indy right up there on the road course in Indy. Uh, so, I mean, he's, he's a road course specialist when it comes to this. So, you know, if I'm looking at somebody, you know, I'm looking at AJ Allmendinger once again. So, you know, that, that's just my, you know, where I would put my money at just because, of, you know, I, I've seen his success and, you know, just, you know, coming off of last week in the Xfinity Series where he won in Portland and, uh, you know, just some of the other places that he's won. And I know that, you know, he'll, he'll continue that domination because, you know, it's uh, – he. He, I don't, I don't know necessarily. You can just call him a road course ringer anymore because he seems to be winning a lot of different places in both Xfinity and Cup. So, but you know, still, that he does have that road course racing background. I mean, he won in uh, what did they say, 1998? Uh, it was one of his first wins on a road course in Portland, and then he won, you know, last week and uh, once again in a Cup Series. I mean, it's already Xfinity Series. So, I mean, he raced Champ Car prior to that. 
So I would look at him, even though that he's a little bit further down the list. Well, my bet, my $5 bet in the DraftKings bet is Ross Chastain. I like track house right racing, and I like Ross Chastain. We'll see what happens uh, with that. Steve Wilson, editor-in-chief of Speedway Digest, has joined us today to help us break down NASCAR out in Sonoma, even if he doesn't like wine. So maybe we won't be doing much whining about the race today. Fun track, fun track to, to race on. Uh, Steve, any final words of wisdom? Where can people find your work and masterpieces, sir? You follow us at Speedway Digest on Twitter, uh, Facebook.com slash Speedway Digest and SpeedwayDigest.com. All right, Steve, have yourself a great weekend, sir. Look forward to talking to you again. Thank you. Thank you, Steve Wilson, Editor-in-Chief of Speedway Digest, uh, breaking down uh, NASCAR out in Sonoma. And uh, we've got our DraftKings a $5 bet put in there. So here we go, guys. Here we go. Here we go. It is time to, well, you know, bid our, bid our goodbyes. Wrap it up. Put a bow on it. Thank you for being a part of our show. If you're listening to us live, you're not at this moment. You're actually listening to us on the podcast because our live show ended about five or ten minutes ago. And we're in what's called balance overtime. We call it balance overtime because we just roll on over into the podcast. We could literally be talking for the next three days if we wanted to, but we're not gonna we're not gonna put you through that. Uh, so I hope you all have a great weekend. Be safe, uh, and you know, remember, don't drink and drive. It isn't cool. I'm out of here, deuces. Don't forget to follow us on 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 social media and give us a thumb up on that podcast you're listening to. I'm out of here, deuces. <laughs>